Open Books with Claire is a proud member of the Create Vine and is produced by Mecco Radio. Welcome back to Open Books with Claire. On Open Books with Claire, we explore the characters and how they drive the stories we love. I'm your host, Claire. Today, I'm going to give a short, spoiler-free look at Cress. But don't worry, I will also look at a spoiler and more in-depth look at it as well. So Cress was written by Marissa Meyer. Marissa Meyer is a New York Times best-selling author. Uh, so Cress is written in a third-person point of view. Uh, we have multiple narrators and perspectives that we get to see uh, throughout the whole book. So this book is the third book in the Lunar Chronicles series, uh, which means that there have been lots of things in the past two books that we have seen build up on and things that we've seen revealed. Um, so if you don't know the story, I would suggest checking out our other previous episodes on the first two books. We continue to follow Cinder and her crew as they um, uh, continue their adventure, as they st- um, have to find each other again and again kind of thing. and. Um, as they try and decide what they're going to do and how they're going to help the world that they're in. Uh, So there are no swears that I have found in these books. Uh, There's minimal violence and little to none graphic description so far. I think that this book is a wonderful book and pretty easy for anyone to read. On to spoilers! To join me in that conversation is my sister, Amara. Hi, I'm Amara, and I enjoy reading different types of books, but I still haven't quite found what entirely books I like to read yet because I'm still getting into that learning phase. Awesome. Uh, So, Amara, would you like to tell us a little bit about what happens in this book? I would love to. The book starts by showing Cress, who we met in the previous books, hang out in her satellite. She was captured and forced to live in there by Lavana, who also gets Cress to hack into places until eventually Cinder and the crew contact her, and she asks them to come and save her from the satellite, which, in fact, she was stuck in there for seven years. They agree to go and save her, and all is going well until Sybil Mira, the the thaumaturge, and and Cress's guardian-slash-captor visits Cress and discovers their plan and sets up a trap. That leads to Scarlet from the previous book getting captured by Civil Mira. During that, you meet a new character named Jason Clay, who was Civil Mira's pilot till he joins the protagonist's side. And Thorn and Chris are on the satellite as it crashes toward the Earth, leaving them stranded in a desert in Africa. The crew is now separated, and with all of the chaos that just happened, Cinder makes the decision to land the Rampion in Africa to see Dr. Erland, who informs her that the lunar, lunar created the Letamosis disease and they spread it to the Earthens. We turn back to Crescent Thorn and find out that Thorn was blinded from hitting his head during the fall. So Cress and Thorn struggle to find civilization, but along the way their relationship grows. Eventually, they find a caravan full of people who bring them to a small town where the rest of the crew is, except for Scarlet, of course. They find each other and plan to stop uh, the wedding by kidnapping Kai. I mean, the wedding between Kai and Lavana. After that, Dr. Ayland fixes Thorne's eyes 
and he's no longer blind. Cinder tells everyone how she plans to dethrone Lavana. We later discover that Dr. Erland is Christ's father by him telling her before dying of letamosis. There is a fight scene which leads to Sybil Mira's death, and shortly after, Lana decides, uh, declares war on Earth. After that, it shows a new character whom we learn more of in the next book. Awesome. Do we know uh, what happened to Scarlet after she was separated from the group in this book? Yes, we do. She was sent to the moon and she was sent to Lunar where she was used as a little boy's pet where he trained his uh, magic on her. Well, there you go. Uh, so let's talk a, bit, a little bit about Cress uh, since, you know, the that's the title of the book. Uh, so... Uh, what did she kind of experience? Because I know she was in the desert, right? And she, um, I mean, she she first experienced the seven years of being stuck in a satellite. No one else around there. Uh, and then she experiences falling in a satellite down to Earth and crashing there and still being alive. Um, and then she spends, I don't know, days in this desert with Thorn. Uh, well, Thorn is blind, so that's a little bit hard for her, you know, to do because Thorn can't help her with his eyesight, right? He has to help her through her descriptions of things, which are not necessarily always the easiest of things because she, she's seen some of this stuff before, but she hasn't exactly seen all of it before. Uh, so what do you think kind of... Um, uh, how do you think her character kind of developed after those experiences? I feel like... It was very interesting to see because she went from um, just a person that was uh, stuck in a satellite and didn't really actually know much or have any experience at all with this type of thing to having multiple experience, stressful experiences all at once where it would have been hard for her. And I'm glad that she put that in there because it just shows how much her character grew and how much she could advance and how far she got. Yes, definitely. You definitely get to see her her confidence grow and change as she has to experience all of that. And um, yeah, and she definitely experiences a lot in this book. And I think Thorne kind of has to experience a lot too because he's blind. Right? And, like, when they crashed and he couldn't see anything, he thought it was just because the lights were out. Right? And then he real he starts to realize that that he actually can't see. Because Cress is like, we're in sunlight. Like, it is light out. And, and he's like, well, I still can't see. That'd be terrifying. Yes. Yeah, that would be super terrifying. And you, you get to see a little bit as he tries to develop because he has to learn how to function by trusting Cress, and I don't really think that he trusted many people beforehand, because he was a criminal. He left the American military to, you know, go rogue, you know, and become a criminal, and then he, he escapes jail with Cinder, and, you know, he's learning to trust Cinder, but I don't know how much he completely trusted people before, but now his whole life is in Cress's hands, more or less. 
it'd be very stressful and hard as well because he literally just recently met Cress. He had no past experience with her. He had no idea whether or not he could really trust her with his life. Yes, definitely. Plus, Cress had her thing where she had had developed a crush on Thorne. So that made things a little bit more awkward because Cress is like, I super like you and, you know, like, I have held you up to be a hero. And, and Thorne is sitting there going, but that's really not what I was doing, right? Like, he's trying to convince her that he's not the hero that she thinks she, he is. So then she's not disappointed when, you know, he feels that he will inevitably prove that he's not this hero. Yeah. And so I really, I that's partially why I love this book. This is one of my favorites out of the series. Of course, I love all of them. But um, I, I love the way that you get to see Thorne um, go from someone who, you know, he just jokes around, kind of, you know, bounces around to... Um, so as to, I guess, not get hurt. Because you can't get hurt from things if everything's a joke. Um, but then he, he becomes this guy who has to care about Cress and has to make sure that she's okay. Um, and that she, uh, you know, when she starts hyperventilating in the desert, that she doesn't, like, that he's able to comfort her and calm her down. Um, and you really see him progress, um... Because he, it's almost like he wants to be the person that Cress sees him as, but he just doesn't know how to get from where he's at to where she sees him. It's great how much the characters change and how much, like, responsibility Thorne has now because he actually has someone that he doesn't want to die, that he he needs to survive, that he actually likes or that trusts him. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes of them interacting together is when they meet the caravan of people. Like, they've been traveling in the desert for, I don't know, a day or two or something. Cress has become, started to become delirious, and then they meet this caravan of people who are able to care for them a little bit. But they, um, Cress and Thorne pretend that they're married and that, you know, their honeymoon just kind of went wrong a little bit. And so they have to pretend that they're in love and everything. And Cress has a fever and everything. And I just, I love those, that chapter because it is hilarious and actually super cute the way that Thorne interacts with Cress um, when they're pretending to be married. Yeah, they always have those moments in like those books or the movies where the characters pretend to be in love and eventually they begin to feel more of, like, they begin to care more for them. Yeah, and you get to see that with Thorne because it turns out that those people in the caravan, they were looking for um, lunars who didn't have the gift, um, and so they're called shells. And Cress evidently is um, a shell, but they, they can't let people know that because um, shells get cr treated terribly on Luna, and then when they come to Earth... They can blend in, but then if they're found out, people still will treat them differently. And so uh, this caravan of people, they figure out that Cress is a shell. So they figure out a way to take her from Thorn, which isn't as hard um, because he's blind right now, right? And so you get to see Thorn in a place where he's caring for Cress because once he realizes that Cress is gone, he's like 
he's mad and he's um he becomes a little bit crazier kind of thing almost and he's like I gotta I gotta help her he's like I I can't believe I left her alone how could I have done this like she she's out there all by herself and I don't know where she is kind of thing and so he uh, he has to try and figure out how to help her even though he's blind he's like this is my chance you know to be the hero that she thinks I am kind of thing and so you know you get to see him as he progresses from you know he he thinks she's just some some cute little girl kind of thing you know to seeing that yeah he actually loves her even though you know she's younger than him kind of thing but he he has developed these feelings for her and I really I really like that scene as well because you get to see a different side of him that you might not have seen before yeah, you get to see more of his emotion and how much he truly cares for Cress. It's beautiful. So we get to see um, a lot of characters develop throughout this book. We get to see Cress and Thorn develop as they gain confidence in themselves and confidence in each other and are able to trust each other. Um, and then we also get to see Cinder because she's still trying to process the fact that she's Celine. Right, and that she's lunar and has a gift and everything, and so um, she she's kind of becoming more comfortable with it now. She there with Doctor Erland in um, a town in Africa, and it turns out that Doctor Erland is the one who um, was looking for shells because he was looking for his daughter. Um, which we don't know who she is yet, but then eventually we find out that Cress is his daughter. Um, but Cress doesn't know that, and so she just thinks that, you know, it's some guy who just, you know, he was looking for shells and buying them and everything, and so she has problems, but then, you know, she's trying to leave, and then she runs into Wolf, and she screams, and then she runs into Jason, and then, you know, there's all this back and forth, and then Thorn is like, I'm coming, and everything, and then, and then he kind of hears, like, Cinder's voice, and, and everything, and, like, he's excited and everything, but Cress is so confused. Yeah, that'd be so stressful. It would be, right? Like, she doesn't know who any of these people are, because she didn't see Cinder at first, because she started with seeing Wolf, and that, you know, that's a shocking picture. And you also get to see, you get to see them develop as a family, almost. Like, they become tighter uh, and closer together in this book. It's exciting to see how closer they all get during this whole thing. Because sometimes all it takes for you to see how much you have is to see how little you have when you don't have it at all. Yeah. So what surprised you um, about this book? I would have to say one of the things that surprised me most was when I found out that Dr. Erland was Cress's father. It was just such an emotional moment for me because she had, like, it, he was dying and she she hadn't really had any family in her life before. She spent, like, all of her life alone and then when she finally gets someone, like a blood relative, she finds out that he is dying and he eventually dies. And it's such an emotional moment. Yes, yeah, I would agree with you on that. It it was definitely 
um, an emotional moment and, and definitely kind of, it was a twist that I didn't really see coming. I, I was kind of surprised, um, a little bit by the way that Cinder decided to tell Kai that she's Celine. I mean, it just kind of came out of nowhere, which, I mean, it's kind of understandable because Kai just, he, when they kidnapped him to prevent his wedding to Levana, I mean, that was, that was an awesome scene too. Um, but when they, when they kidnapped him, um, and then he's on the ship and he's like, Cinder, what the heck are you doing? Like, I have been, I, I have to deal with this. Like, Levana's gonna be furious. She's gonna start a war. And, like, I need to be there. Like, this is not a game kind of thing. And so she just kind of needs to shut him up. And, and she kind of tells him. And then, you know, they kind of make out a little bit, which that was weird too. Um, but I... I kind of, I didn't expect Cinder to tell him that way, um, but I don't think Cinder expected her to tell him that way either. Like, I think that, um, Kai kind of wouldn't stop talking, so she couldn't, like, sit him down and tell him nicely and calmly and everything. She just kind of had to, like, throw it out there. Yeah, it was, it was such a good scene. So what did you, what did you think of this book? I absolutely loved it. It showed the different side of a lot of the characters and it showed how strong and powerful they can all be when the situation really calls for it. It showed a lot of the character growth and it it just it's great for the characters and the plot was great and it's really it was wonderful for uh growing the story and taking this story from one point to another. Yeah, definitely. So do you have a favorite character so far? Yes, I love Cress and Thorn. They're both great, and their characters are so well-developed. Like, Cress started out as this, you know, small, weakish, you know, more on the nervous side or more afraid, and then... Throughout the book, she just grew to be this strong um, person that could could go through the hard things. And Thorin was so great because he's not just a straight line. He's a box. He's got more than one side. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I would still have to say that Kai is definitely one of my favorite characters um, because I just love him because I think he's I think he's hilarious in his own way like he's not always he doesn't always make jokes like Thorn um but when he does make jokes they're very witty and well thought out kind of thing and he's you get to see um a lot of kindness from him throughout these books and I really love um I really love his character yeah he is a really good character so one of my favorite scenes, actually, I gotta share this one because it's one of my favorite scenes, is near the end when, um, so they were kidnapping Kai and then they were on the roof to get, um, to the Rampion, so their ship, and then Sybil Mira appears and, um, she's like, haha, you guys aren't going anywhere, kind of thing. She's like, I'm gonna stop you. And then, um, I love the interaction that Thorn and Cress have because earlier when they were in the desert, Cress had kind of had a little meltdown and that, you know, she was talking about that she's, you know, she's going to die without ever kissing somebody or something. And so Thorn, to make her stop crying, makes the promise that um, he would make sure that she gets kissed before that she dies. 
Um, and I really, I don't think that he really thought that he would have to, um, you know, come, you know, that that promise would actually have to come true kind of thing. But when they're standing on the roof, he turns to Cress and he kisses her, um, because he made that promise to her. And I just think that that's a super beautiful moment. Um, and definitely you get to see, you know, he follows through with his promise. Um, even though it might have been a weird promise and and everything, it's still, you know, he followed through. It's another one of those moments when you just get to see the other side of him. That's why he's a great character. Yeah. Do you have a, a favorite scene? I don't know. I do enjoy the scene when they're kidnapping Kai because it's it's a funny scene and it's a good scene. And when they're fighting Civil Mirror on the roof, you get to see how strong and powerful uh, Cinder really is. Yeah, I uh, I love that scene too. There, it's just all of these moments um, where you get to see them when they when they're strong and um, when they they can prove what they can do and when they they follow through on their promises. You just get to see so much character development, and I really love the way that Marissa Meyer writes. Um, and I love the way that she develops her characters because you don't you don't learn everything all at once. Um, and you don't learn everything all in the same way, right? Like the characters, they experience different experiences and problems and trials that they have to um, get through and face, that they have to um, develop their character throughout. And you get to learn, you get to learn them um, piece by piece. So like every word um, that is written about them adds to their character. And I really, that's why I love um, these books, and that's why I love Marissa Meyer's writings, um, because you get to see all of that character development um, in different ways. She she truly does really know how to make all the characters interesting but different, and it really keeps you interested. And it's it's why it's one of the reasons why her stories are so great because. She, she just pulls you into the, an entire new world that's so beautiful and full of great characters and people that you just want to learn more about. Um, well, thank you uh, for joining me today. Uh, uh, do you have any final thoughts or things you want to say? Um, not really. I just say that I really, truly recommend this book because it's a great read and it's one of the great ways to spend your time definitely. Well, thank you. And thank you for reading along with us. You can follow Open Books with Claire on Instagram using the link in the show notes or using our handle at Open Books with Claire. This episode was hosted by myself, Claire Oster, and Amara. Uh, it was edited by Alex Williams or Bryce Williams. The music we use is by Paper Planes and Open Books with Claire is produced by Mecco Radio and we are a proud member of the Create Vine. Bye. Mecco.